What a week. Let's run down the results from the Rhode Island primary election held just a few days ago. In the race to succeed retiring Congressman Jim Langevin, the Democrat, Seth Magazine, the fellow Democrat, gets an easy win in his primary. The surprise, progressive David Siegel beat Sarah Morgenthau by a few thousand votes. Sarah spent a lot of money, advertised David not really anything. I spoke to Seth Magaziner, the winner, on my WPR radio show. He's ready for the fight with Alan Fung. Meanwhile, my Republican opponent is campaigning almost every weekend at this point with far-right Republicans from Washington who have the opposite agenda and are trying to ban abortion, repeal the Affordable Care Act, cut Social Security. So there's a real contrast between us in this race. Alan Funk says he's pro-choice. He also says he's not going down there to undo Medicaid or undo Social Security as much as you say he is. He says whatever you're well, saying is not true. Yeah, yeah. let's look at the record, though. He was on the record opposing the Reproductive Privacy Act that we passed in Rhode Island three years ago to protect abortion rights. The record is that every time he has been asked if he would codify Roe v. Wade into federal law, he has declined to say that he would. The record is that he said he would vote for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy said that as Speaker, he will put forward a bill to do a national abortion ban. And the record is that Allen is a member of an organization that went all the way to the Supreme Court uh, to try to overturn uh, abortion rights in Rhode Island and nationally. All right, fair is fair. Let's let the Republican Allen Fung respond to that directly. He was on the next day on the radio with me. Even on that simple point of Social Security, I've got a mom that relies on her Social Security checks. So stop with the scare tactics. I'm ready to tackle these big issues from day one. So when he says you're going to go after Social Security, you say absolutely not. Your mother's on it. When he says you want to cut Medicare, Medicaid, he's, you say what? Absolutely not? Absolutely not. Here's, I actually want to strengthen you know, Medicare. By the way, Gene... I think everyone knows, you know, I've got a uh, younger sister with disabilities. You know, she was proudly out uh, with Bob Rayan and I on primary day holding a sign for Bob Rayan. You know, I want to protect individuals like her, individuals like my mom, because we all have family members that are reliant upon, you know, all of the government resources to give them a hand up during difficult times. Now, you told me you were pro-choice with some exceptions. Late, late term, you're not for that and a few other things. Make that clear so that the listeners, you're pro-choice but with exceptions? Yes, I'm not the extremes on these issues, and I want to make that clear. I've made that clear on your show, too, Gene. You know, and I'm not running to change the abortion laws that are already codified, you know, in Rhode Island. I'm running to fix the economy. All right, let's leave that alone. Let's go to the race for governor now. Brian Crandall's been covering it. You were the governor of key. Uh, for his victory speech, which was interrupted by a phone call. Pick up the story. Uh, he was a little perturbed. Uh, he was perturbed that this yeah. has now become the spotlight <laughs> and overshadowed his victory in a very tight race. Yeah. Um, and it was just bizarre the whole way it happened. I think it was kind of surprising that he came out to speak before Helena Folks, who was in second yep. place, and it was a tight race until the mail ballots came in. He, it seemed like the plan all along was that he was going to come out and speak before he, she was going to concede, and then... Um, you know, they, then the, his campaign decides, we'll wait till somebody yeah. calls the race. Then literally, once that happens, he's out, he's talking, something like this. And then, so obviously, right. two minutes after he gets on stage, here comes this phone call. Well, let's play it. Uh, the best laid plans of mice and men and gubernatorial nominees can be undone by an aide with a phone. Play it. What's that? Helena wants to talk to you. Helena? No, that's not going to happen. Eva. That's not going to happen. Eva, get, hang up on them. I did just try calling the governor. He would not accept my call. So I'm... Uh, I'm 
Uh, Ashley Kalis ripped into him on the radio. Listen to this, Brian. She really took the bait on this. Ashley Kalis uh, telling, telling about the governor's uh, phone call. Play that. It was shocking. It shows, you know, his real temperament. And it is just um, not what you should expect uh, from a governor. What is, his, what is his temperament? I mean, look at what you saw there. I mean, you just saw somebody who was vindictive. You spoke to her? I spoke to Ashley Kalis yesterday. Uh, she pretty much said the same thing that like people show you who they are and in, yep. in their reaction in certain moments. I mean, just my view of it is I think he was riding high. He won a tough, heated primary. I don't think he was very fond of uh, some of his opponents in the Democratic race yep. uh, hitting him hard on some of these issues like the ILO school contract thing, which I think overall he thinks is a manufactured situation that he thinks is much ado about nothing. So and then obviously it was just strange that even Mancuso, who was his you know, senior staff yeah. with him, says, hey, she's on the phone right now. And I think people just think there was a whole number of different ways he could have gone with that. Like, right. I'll call her back in a few minutes or something like that. 24 hours later, he was on the radio with me flipping the whole thing around. It was our fault. It was my aid. Helene is very good. I hope she endorses me. Let's listen. This was you know, our campaign that made a mistake by bringing a phone up to me while I was giving my speech. It had nothing to do with the Lena folks' campaign. I want to make that clear. You know, our campaign made an error by bringing a phone up. I don't think anybody expected that I would take the call. My comments was more like, tell that person that's giving me the phone, this is not the right time. Okay, so afterward, when you talk to Brian, you just said anybody with a brain in their head wouldn't do that. You were talking about your staffers, not Helena? Well, I think anybody who thought it was a good idea, uh, that's probably who I was referring to. I don't think that Helena thought it would be a good idea to interrupt you know, my speech at that point in time. I certainly wouldn't interrupt hers. Let's be fair to him. Let's put it aside. It's over. It was a distraction, I suppose, although we picked it up and ran with it. Sabina Matos, I think, is a bigger question for him. That's his hand-picked lieutenant governor. She won. You know, there's bad blood between those two now. Well, I, you know, and it's interesting you say that. She was there yeah. that night. She was standing right next to him. I'm on not the sure she was invited up, by the way. No, I, that, <laughs> that's interesting. And, you know, I didn't see a lot of them together on the campaign trail. Yeah. And then, as we said, there was the whole issue. She didn't come with you to do the debate. Right. So, you know, we kept asking her about that. Um, so I, I don't know you heard more about it from him that, that maybe they have some differences on, on that and maybe Dr. Yeah. Alexander Scott. I said, hey, is there's bad blood between you and Sabina? It's, it's curious. He did not come out and say, oh, no, not true. Absolutely not true. Here's the way that conversation went, because don't forget, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, former health department director, came out at the very last minute and really slammed McKee. And he had to defend himself. And all of it, while he's doing that, Sabina is on the side saying, I like Dr. Scott. She did a great job. Here's the setup. Let's play that. You had to defend yourself against a last-minute attack from Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott. At the same time you're doing that, Sabina Matos, so who skipped my debate, by the way. I don't know if you know that. She said, oh, I think she did a good job. And I understand that a little ruffled your feathers. Tell me about that. You did a good job moderating the debate that I was involved in. That was quite a battle. And I encourage everybody to debate. That was Sabina's call. Same way on her comment about the late weigh-in from Dr. Alexander-Scott. You still consider her your running mate? No, we're still definitely aligned. We're going to work with the lieutenant governor. Uh, you know, as we have in the past, that will not change. And differences of opinion happen. We're still definitely aligned. Have you covered a news conference without her joined at the hip with him? There's coldness. It's been a while because they haven't done any yeah. of those joint news conferences. I mean, she usually is at some of the official events. Um, but, you know, Rhode Island is, is interesting in that fact and that they don't run together. They're not a ticket. Right. And the, the coldness between McKee when he was lieutenant governor and Gina Raimondo then became 
came to the forefront when then he had to take over. And then he made it a point to make the lieutenant governor's role a lot bigger, right. bringing in Sabina. He got the hand picker and then basically saying we're going to run together. But then, of course, you could have this situation where somebody else could have won, you know, one of those races. And then you're right. stuck with somebody who you didn't run with. Look, it, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a devil's bargain, but he picked her because she's Latina. She's going to bring him that part of the vote. They were joined at the hip. Now uh, we'll, we'll see how, how much they're joined as we go forward. Brian, thanks for coming in. Good thanks, work Jim. last week.